Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham, and I'm here once again with Reverend Logan Ketterling. How you doing? I am a reverend. I'm doing wonderful. Hey, I just wanted to be the first one to tell you, happy holidays. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> is this not the holiday season? I it think, is. I think we're entering I mean, some it? people would debate that it doesn't start till after Halloween. I thought it was listening. when I thought it was when pumpkin spice hits the the stores in August. <laughs> I will say this fall has been beautiful. The last couple weeks have been absolutely beautiful. That but snow is on the way. <laughs> is it? Is yeah. it actually in the forecast? I, I just looked. I think in, in the next couple of days. Like like if I'm looking at the forecast right here, um, this comes out Wednesday, and Thursday is Thursday's good. Friday is good. Saturday, high of 37. Sheesh. Sunday, high of 38 with a chance of snow. Still come to church, please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not going to. I mean, the weather app's meant to steal our joy. Anyways, it's probably not even going to snow. Well, we know you come to this podcast uh, for weather updates, so that's why we're giving it to you. Vikings won on Monday. That's true. Monday night football in uh, prime time. You you had a chance to go to the game. I saw someone post on social media. He's the god of miracles. Um, Yes. I was at the game, and I'll tell you, you can't choose who you get to sit by uh, at at the game. You know, I mean, obviously the people that you go with, right. but the people around you is always, you know, yeah. some pe- people are addicted to that type of event. It's like what they live for. It's yeah. kind of like the state fair. Um, people that go to the state fair, you know, a dozen times. And I got to tell you, every time we were on defense, there was a lady sitting right behind us. Scream, she, screaming bloody murder? Screaming bloody I, murder i i know who you're talking about because i sat in the same seats that you sat in <laughs> and i'm she has season tickets she screams bloody murder we i mean, had to plug our high, ears the whole i, I plugged my ears <laughs> exactly yes dude i know exactly who you're talking about a horrible experience um, yes we just did. when we're on defense They're she thought seats. she she thought she was moving the, the needle she thought she's on the team That's i mean this hilarious. is her role on the team and to be fair, we won. So so my dad and I went to the Final Four when yep. it was in town uh, several years ago at U.S. Bank Stadium. And, you know, we didn't have a team that we were cheering for. We just wanted – it was like there. We're like, it's the cheapest it'll ever be to go to the yeah. Final Four. I think we paid like 150 bucks for tickets. And we're sitting kind of way way up high. You know, it's basketball. You can't see anything that yep. high. But we, it was, we wanted to be there for the experience. And there was a lady right behind us. And she was just like that screaming bloody murder. Just And it's like, dude, they can't even hear you. Like, it is no, so no. high-pitched and loud. And I remember my dad was sitting next to me. He turned, he's like, hey, the, it is so loud. Can you can you just... Did he say it to the lady? Yeah, he just said... No. Well, she was right, like, the seat oh, yeah. right behind no, us. No, that... Same. And he's like... I mean, for, same, the, for those who don't know my dad... It's the same lady. He, he has... He, he can't hear out of one of his ears. And... He's like, I, it really bothers me. I'm trying to save my hearing. Like, you're screaming right in my ear. And she's like, and it is my right. I paid for this ticket. And I'm like, dang, man. So every time I hear... Listen, sc- I'm about a loud environment and cheering, but not certain not frequencies. Ruining, not ruining the game for people around you. Um, also, uh, just to my right, I was sitting next to two grown men that were dressed as purple Teletubbies. So... <laughs> In a, that part of it was an incredible experience. But they can't raise their hands in church. I took a picture with them, actually. They, they, they don't. Church is a little too expressive for them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their <laughs> hand, hands are in their pocket. But I'll tell you, they're the type of guys that if they go to church, it is... Um, it's a miracle. It's, 
it's it's the uh, it's the later service that they're showing up to, yeah. for yeah. sure. Uh, but I took a picture with them. I know this is an audio podcast, but I'm showing Logan the picture oh, yeah. of me and the Teletubbies. Yeah, epic. Well, uh, this is. I mean, last last week or two weeks ago, we said this is not a geopolitical war podcast. This is also not a sports podcast, but yeah, we're it's relevant to our church. <laughs> so we're talking about sports, and later we're going to talk about the message. Uh, All eyes on Jerusalem. Yep, comma the capital of the universe! Exclamation point. That was Pastor Rob's title of the message. Long title. Good title. Uh, good title, and great message. Hey, I was saying I was saying happy holidays because I wanted to say what I'm looking forward to. I decided because because pumpkin spice came out in August. It was way too early. It was August. Yes, bro. Like it came out way too early, hmm. and I'm more of a like maybe mid September to give it a try. Right. So it's like it, it was way too. So I'm making a strategic decision on eggnog because uh, Christmas season starts November first in our house. Yeah. Uh, same. Yeah. Same for us. So November first, Christmas season, because it's not Christmas. It's not the Christmas 25 days. It's the Christmas season. So yeah. November 1st to January 1st, I think we can all get behind that. Yeah. Um, and and if not, you can leave your comments to yourself. But not before not before a Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't it's like not a, that I'm a huge Halloween guy. I just not not before if you put Christmas tree up, it's like what are you doing? So so I'm going to start drinking eggnog. November first? No, actually, no, because I I still think it gets a little overdone by the time you get into December. So I'm I'm going Thanksgiving as the start of eggnog. I don't like eggnog, <laughs> dude. Golden Kemp's golden nog? No, I just it I can't do it. All right, well, whole milk is fine. Hey, uh, we would we would love to hear your feedback. Uh, you can just uh, DM River Valley. Yeah, I want to know. Do you like then, eggnog or not? DM us. Um, and when does your holiday start? Christmas season is starting at River Valley Church uh, mm-hmm. the first weekend of November, I believe. And so uh, happy holidays, everybody listening. want to highlight that this Friday is our Kingdom Builders Banquet yep. uh, coming up in the life of our church, which really is starting the wave of generosity. We, we sent multiple emails and announcements inviting the entire church, and we've got hundreds of people that have registered ready to participate and be a part of that hearing from one of the missionaries that we support uh, that serves over in uh, Eurasia and just yeah really excited for KB banquet and it's it's a significant moment in our church starting the wave of generosity means we're getting closer to miracle offering and miracle offering is are over and above the tithe giving giving to kingdom builders uh, missions organizations nonprofits around the world missionaries that are proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ uh, and specifically in the 42 percent of the world that has never heard the name of Jesus and so that's what kingdom builders is all about that's 647 a, people registered really holy cow. Did you just look that up yeah got the data so this will be our largest banquet yeah. yet and we we pastor Rob you know, I believe that he he prays every year, hears from the Lord, hey, this is the goal we should set. And many years we hit the goal, and, you know, every once in a while we don't. But we're always going for the goal. And so it's our largest goal this year to raise $12 million for Kingdom Builders. $10 million of that will go to Global Missions. Um, and believing that this banquet is is 
not only the most powerful in regards to presence of God, manifest presence of God, inspiration hearing from the missionary guest, and also the largest in regards to leaders starting the wave of generosity and giving a gift to kingdom builders. I love it. My wife and I personally, we love it. We live it. We are for it. And, uh, the values, the vision, the mission of our church, sending 500 missionaries, reaching people for Jesus, this, this, we're here for it. And so um, if, if you're listening, maybe, maybe you're going to Kingdom Builders Banquet, raise your level of expectation. It's going to be awesome. And if you're going to miss it, it's all good. But Miracle Offering is coming in just a few weeks. I believe it's November 10th and 11th. 10th and 11th. 11th and 12th? It might be 11th and 12th. Let me look. Whatever that weekend is, the the eleventh and twelfth. Yeah, eleventh and twelfth is miracle offering, and so just be praying. How how could God use you financially to spread the name of Jesus around the world? Um, and Kingdom Builders is one of the greatest kingdom mutual funds on planet Earth. I believe that wholeheartedly. Yep. And it's transparent. You can know where your dollars go. You can know every organization that we give to. Um, and so, okay, separate from KV Banquet and Miracle Offering coming up, we also have Candy Palooza. Do you want to explain what Candy Palooza is in our church? Yeah, it's our highest attended weekend of the year besides Christmas and Easter because all the kids want to be here, and they actually drag their parents to church, which is awesome. But we have all the kids dress up in fun and appropriate. Marissa said that this weekend at Apple Valley, fun and appropriate, and people appropriate. laughed. People laughed. I mean, that's a good way to but announce it's, it. Yeah, fun and appropriate costumes. I don't like that. I don't like that you let the kids dress up and that you give candy in church. I don't like that. I'm being, I'm being facetious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to respond to that. We do it, and we lo- <laughs> we, our kids love it because it's not celebrating spookiness or celebrating evil or the enemy, but it's, uh, it's, it's an opportunity to say, hey, we, we can have fun in church and we want kids to love church, and we can dress up in fun costumes. And yeah, Bible characters only. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <No>. just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kirk, let me talk. Let I'm me talk. Sorry. And And we want kids to invite their friends, invite friends from school, invite their neighbors, people that come. And so we see a ton of new people that are coming. It's the most new families yep. uh, that we see all throughout the year, the most new families that come, and the most new kids Candy Palooza weekend. But I want to reiterate that it's the most new families because people invite them. And so for those listening right now, it's not like, oh, that's awesome. It's a new family. No, this is your opportunity. We talked about the power of an invite a couple weeks ago. This is your opportunity to say, I want you to come. It's a a great weekend. Of course, we are are ready as a church for any weekend for new people to come. We are ready always. But maybe other people don't know, why are you inviting me now? This is a great excuse, a great reason to invite people. And we want them to hear a message. We've talked about Ted Cunningham. He's hilarious. He talked at marriage night. He's preaching in again this, uh, this coming weekend with a message he recorded. And it's specific for our church. And it's going to yes. be amazing. And he always is right on the money talking about family. And so make sure to invite your friends, invite your, your children's friends. If you don't have kids, it's still a great weekend to come to church, invite someone to hear Ted Cunningham. And it's just, there's a great energy around this weekend. It's right before, you know, the the winter turns. It's kind of the last fall weekend. And it's going to be amazing. Honestly, this weekend is probably the, it's going to be the greatest experience yet that your neighbors, if they've never come to church, this weekend is it. Not just for the kids. Um, and they are going to hear about Jesus. 
but also for the adults, Ted Cunningham is hilarious. Yeah. And he's got gold information. Everybody wants to raise good kids. They don't, if they're lost, they don't actually realize they want to raise godly kids. Right. Um, and they're going to learn about that and they're going to laugh the whole time. Yeah. Like this dude is, he's not a comedian. But kind that of. almost makes him more funny because his, his humor is brilliant. And some people are wondering, well, why are you talking about how funny he is versus how biblical or how great of a, a preacher of the gospel he is? He's he's those things as well. But I think that humor humor is a way that lets people's guard down. It lets their walls down. We've had Michael Jr. here before. Yeah. We've had other people who bring a lot of humor to the table. And there's actually humor in the Bible, and not because it's not written in our language, we don't always see that. But there's a lot of play on words and and humor, and I I believe laughter is the best medicine. Right, I believe that God is a God of humor. I I believe He has a sense of humor. He created us with a sense of humor. Of course, it's not in the coarse joking or poking fun or making fun of others, but in a way that we can laugh together yeah. and and understand that hey, we all have our differences. We all have things about us that are funny. And we're going to honor that in each other by by laughing together with it. So I want to get to some questions. I know we, yep. we, we talked a lot about the last couple weeks about Israel, Jerusalem. I know that Pastor Rob talked about Jerusalem, capital of the universe. And I, I for me, it, it's, it's always a great reminder that the new Jerusalem that we talk about in Revelation, it's a, we believe it's a real place yeah. that God is going to redeem the land. Um, there's, there's great books out there about uh, the, the new Jerusalem and, uh, John Mark Comer has a great book, Garden City. Yep. And there's a lot of other resources out there about that. But we believe in what scripture says that this is a real place that is heaven, you know, in, yep. in the, the sense of the end of life heaven. Uh, there's obviously the heavens and the earth, which is where the Lord, you know, he's, uh, omnipotent or he's omnipresent. And he's all places. He's also omnipotent. He's all also pow- omnipotent. All powerful. All powerful. But talking about how big it would be and just the scale of everything, it'd hold a quad- quadrillion people. Yeah, which, uh, to be clear, is a thousand trillion. <laughs> I'm so, it's, when he said one quadrillion, I actually had to look it up. It's a thousand trillion. Wow. So, anyways, way more than we have. <laughs> we have yeah. eight billion, right? Yeah, but over the course of history and all that will be in heaven. Yeah, but it's still and, not and, even close. Yeah, yeah, not even close. So, and that was if we that was in, with any set of joke here. It's a joke, friends. But he, that's if we had a twenty eight hundred square foot house. Which, I mean, so we're gonna have like a fifty thousand square foot house. It's like that song, like a big yard where we can play football. A big big house. Yeah, not biblical. We might play football in heaven. You don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, I, I, well, the reason we're not going to do a deeper dive on this message is because last week we talked about it, you referenced that, last week we talked about it on the podcast, yeah. what's happening in that part of the world, and at that point, we we were going to launch a family series on the weekend, right? and then Pastor Rob was coming back from uh, the UK and Spain, and partially because he was over in that part of the world, and uh, the campus pastors had preached the weekend before, he just felt uh, real strong. This is like behind the scenes stuff, and this is part of the reason we do the podcast. So you can hear as a church, like Pastor Rob made a call in the middle of last week and said, "Hey, uh, we are not going to start the family series, and I got to talk about what's happening in uh, the Holy Land." So, um, yeah, we our team is always ready to pivot, ready to like 
we want to do, I heard a pastor say, we don't want to just do what's best. We want to do what's fresh. And so it's like we had a plan and it was a great plan. And then we can also pivot on a dime and, and whatever the Lord is doing, we want to do what the Lord is doing yeah. and following also the leading of our lead pastor. And so this weekend launches Family Series, Ted Cunningham, and then mm-hmm. next weekend as well, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be a family on mission. Jenna asked, is passivity a sin or need to be addressed? How can the church support bold believers? Uh, that I mean, it's a good question. We do want bold believers. We want spirit-filled believers. Uh, spirit-filled believers are bold believers. Um, you see in the New Testament, those that were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they had a greater level of boldness. You think of Peter denying denying Christ three times to then being filled with the Spirit and preaching, uh, preaching to the same people who killed Jesus. Uh, so his life was on the line, and he had a boldness that came from the Holy Spirit. So we want that. The question about passivity, um, I probably need to have a discussion with, what's her name, Jenna? Yeah, Jenna. Yeah, so you probably have to discuss like what she really means by that. I would say delayed obedience. This is a classic line. Delayed delayed obedience is disobedience. If God asks you to do something right now, um, it's also just parenting advice, like first-time obedience. But if God asks you to do something something right now and you don't want to do it, think about Jonah. He literally ran away from it. Right. Uh, but th- that is sin. You know, If God's saying, hey, I want you to do something right now, you don't do it, that's missing the mark. Um, and that is sin. Passivity in regards to apathy uh, or being lukewarm, there is sin in that. I like totally believe that. If we're called to be on mission, and we're called to reach the loss, and we're called to be a witness, and we're and we are apathetic in that, and we're just we you know we sign the we we sign the bottom line of the the contract of salvation, and we just like we're good, like we got our fire insurance. No, that's not that's missing the mark. That is not uh, what we're called to be as Christ followers. Um, I think also timidity, like I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what angle of question, like we're also not called to be timid. I wouldn't say that timidity is necessarily a sin, but it could be a lesser than life than what you're called for. You're called to be bold. And so sometimes people need freedom. Sometimes people need, um, uh, godly voices speaking life into them so that they can break through whatever glass ceiling that that is over them in regards to a confidence, a godly confidence and a boldness, uh, not an arrogance. How would you answer the question? I, I, I love your answer about disobedience and delayed disobedience. I think that, to me, that's if you replace passivity with disobedience because boldness is often good, but not always. Peter being bold and cutting off the ear when Jesus was getting taken. Yeah, that's good. Was not what Jesus had in mind. He healed his ear and kind of like, Peter, come on, dude. Yep. Like, that wasn't the right move. Boldness in the sense of Saul saying, we're going to, we're going to spare the lives of some of these people, even though God told us not to. Yep. And we're going to take the riches for ourselves. Well, I'm being bold. I'm, I'm being proactive. I'm actually thinking about the long-term plan. Yep. And that's where famously God says, no, I don't, I don't care about the sacrifice you made for me. Because he said, I, I, I took all these things so that I could sacrifice to you, Lord. Yep. 
which I think he probably only said because he got caught. But but even if that was his plan, God said, that wasn't what I asked you to do. Yep. So I think for some people, their natural wiring is to be bold. And I'm going to I'm going to speak out and I'm going to I'm going to tell them how I feel. And I'm going to I'm going to go up and, and get in their face. And I think that some in some senses, that's the right thing to do. Yep. But in other senses, your restraint is actually your obedience. Yeah. Oh, man, that's such a that's so good. It's it's the Lord told Moses to speak to the rock. And in his and he boldness, he, he hit the rock, So, right. uh, which is disobedience, which which caused him to not make it into the promised land. Right. That specific sin. I remember being early on in marriage. Um, I had seen my dad lead my mom in a specific way, but I didn't. I obviously didn't marry my mom. My wife is different than my mom. And so I, I, I saw more in Kaylee. I believed in her, and I thought in leading her well was to kind of push her into who she was created to be. And I remember that was like in boldness, I'm trying to be a good husband. I'm trying to lead well. I'm trying to, you know, and I realized pretty quickly that that approach was not going to work for my wife. And the Lord was like, no, who loves your wife more than you do? Well, the Lord, you, you love her. Who's a better teacher? Well, you are. And how much are you praying for her? And so, um, I felt like in that moment, like I had a boldness to, I, I wanted her to become what I really believe she could become. Um, and the Lord was like, no, how about you just pray for her and let me do the teaching. And, you know, and, and since then there's, there's moments of, of great uh, contesting or challenging or encouraging her into a greater future. But um, my boldness was to kind of push her into it. And the Lord was like, no, Slow down. And I think some of it comes down to what the definition of the word boldness is because are we to stand up for our faith when faced with adversity or questions about our faith? Absolutely. Like, do not deny Christ. Never deny Christ for convenience. It's interesting. In Islam, they actually have in, in the Quran and in their teaching, they say you can lie and actually say you're not a Muslim. If it actually helps to advance the cause of Islam, so if there if it's like, hey, you're gonna get kicked out of something because you're Muslim, you can lie because you're actually staying in that company. Now, hopefully, in our country, they're not gonna be kicked out of a company because they're Muslim. You know, right. we don't hire Muslims at our church because we're Christian, yeah, yeah. but in in companies, but but it, our religion does not say that. Yeah, do not deny your faith for convenience or for what you believe to be the advancement of the church. God is in charge of the advancement of the church through us standing up for him. So if somebody in your company says, hey, are you a believer? Are you a Christian? The answer should be yes. If it's, do you agree with this policy that we have and it goes against your, your faith, you shouldn't say, eh, it's, I don't want to be a person that is, is, you know, my faith doesn't lead the company. It's this company that makes decisions. If you're asked that, yes, it does. I do disagree with this because it goes against my faith. Now, of course, you need to prayerfully consider what does being bold look like? Does that mean you have to leave your company? Does that just mean that you spoke up about it and you, you at least oh, stood yeah. up for it, but you didn't, it didn't see the change? Because there's a lot of things that happen in companies that are not biblical. But it, it also maybe doesn't mean being bold is that because there's one person on your on your team that maybe isn't living for the things of God that you're now overbearingly putting that expectation on them in a workplace that doesn't make any sense either. And so I think if you're like 
again, we if you're you know at, at a Vikings game or outside and you see the person with the megaphone that is the big signs, you're going to hell. Okay, they're being bold, but is that the best way to reach somebody? And so again, I think it's understanding. What does that mean for me? What is my context? Disobedience obviously should be the the big question. Obedience is the goal. So yes, um, Matt asks. What does River Valley believe about the rapture? Hey, big question. Um, we, we are part of the Assemblies of God, and and I don't think we have enough time today to uh, <laughs> read the Assemblies of God position paper on eschatology or end times. Uh, but I will say this. Jesus is our soon-and-coming king. Uh, we should eagerly await the return of Christ. He is coming back. Um, he will reign on this earth. Uh, the new Jerusalem is coming. Uh, and for all eternity. And so we eagerly await. I love Pastor Rob's example of the soccer game, stoppage time. Um, yeah, that's great. Our, our, sometimes when you bring up end times or even the question about the rapture, uh, there's there are a lot of believers out there that's like, man, he, he just he needs to come quick. It like, uh, like we got to get this thing over with. Like, man, he needs to come. And w- if he comes now, everybody that doesn't know Christ is going to hell. So mm-hmm. it's that's... Uh, that's the reality. And so I love the example of like, we're looking, we're looking to God. Like, is it today? Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready if it's today. And I'm excited if it's today and the tension, help me reach one more, help me reach one more, help me send another missionary. And so I appreciate that about Pastor Rob. It's, uh, yeah, not the dodge, the question. What I believe is Jesus is coming back. We will be caught up in the air to meet him. And the millennial reign of Christ will take place. Uh, we could get into a long discussion, and it's been debated for thousands of years, and then some 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 things have been de- debated for fifty ish years. Um, you know, more recent uh, things, and the rapture, even just that language, is a more recent uh, yeah, the, thing. The term rapture is not in the Bible. Um, people have created that word with a blend of verses from the New Testament that talk about being caught up, as you mentioned, or different, the, the word eschatology, right, is the study of the end times, study of the end of the universe. And that, for, for us at our church, Pastor Rob, I think, aligns with this as well. Um, we don't believe this issue is a core issue into our theology as a church, or, and when I say core issue, I mean if we have differences of people who are in leadership, differences of people who attend, we are totally okay. Now, yeah. if it is I don't believe Jesus is coming back, problem. that's a problem. If it is that I believe that there is a legitimate 144,000 people that are going to be saved and that's it, that's not what we believe. Problem. But if it is I believe, you know, there's, again, we don't have time because this this is a long conversation. It's but, the debate on pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. Yeah. And trib is tribulation. The yep. tribulation where all the trials are happening on earth, where people are suffering, where then the thousands of rumors of wars. Yeah, and it's some people would say we're in the midst of that now. Floods. There's yep. there's earthquakes. There's floods. There's wars. Other people would say that's coming. Some people would say that's already happened. And we would say we don't know, but we do know and trust and believe as all Christians who truly believe in Christ is that Jesus is coming back for his church, just like he promised in Matthew when he left, yep. that I will give you the Holy Spirit, and until then, be faithful in 
sharing the good news. And that is what we're going to be faithful in. And yes, there are significant things that we can study. It does not mean we should not read Revelation. It does not mean we should not care about it. It's just there are tons of great, amazing believers that believe different things because it is a confusing topic that Jesus even says, I do not know when the day or hour is. That is the Father's plan. You may say, wait a minute, how does that work if Jesus is fully God? They have distinct roles. God the Father didn't take human form, but he's still God. Yep. God the Father is the planner and the sustainer. And so they have different roles, and they operate in different ways, but they're all still God. And, and so, the Trinity is the one true God. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's it, it's such a good question. And, um, and again, it's been debated. End times has been debated since the beginning of the church. Um, and so we just always advise you, the listener and the Christ follower, and this is how I live my life. I'm going to build my theology on the Word of God on um, the 2,000 years of church history. And then, uh, and then my personal testimony experience has to submit to those first two. So, but the the thing that I think most people miss is the disciples and those in the first, second, third century. They thought it was very soon. Yep. In the way that their writings, if you read their writings, you see they were expecting that Jesus was coming back any minute. Yep. It was not in their lifetime. In their in their lifetime or shortly after. It was and that's why they went and they preached the gospel and they went to the ends of the earth and they all the disciples, right, died. Yep. Following after this, with the exception of Judas, they died following after the things of God. And they said, We're gonna do this because Jesus is coming back. And I think for us as believers who are two thousand years later, technology has advanced so much it's easy for us to be like, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, he, he's every generation has thought he was coming back soon. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of sit on my heels. I'm going to lean back and just eh, whatever. I'll follow God. But he talks about, he'll come like a thief in the night. You better have your lamp lamps ready. You better have the yep. oil. You better be ready to go. And so that's where for us, it's not a fear that, oh my goodness, should I even have kids? Because what if, what if Christ comes back? Or should I even get married? Or should I even take that job? We should not live in that fear. But we should say we are ready as followers of Christ that if he comes back today, we are ready. But every day he gives us more on this earth, we're going to reach more people for Jesus. No matter what you believe in regards to pre, mid, or post-tribulation, what you believe on the rapture, Jesus is coming back and our job remains the same until he does. And it's to reach as many people for Jesus as possible. Absolutely. Last question from Aaron. We're going a little long today, but it's all good. It's all good. People are listening. Maybe they're at 1.5 times speed or maybe yeah, yeah, two yeah. times speed. I, I listen one set 1.75. That's my jam. Then I, I change it when it gets to the song. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, the song's a little funky. Aaron asks, why do some denominations believe women shouldn't be in ministry? we got some theological questions. Oh, yeah. Great, great question. This is... Um you know, complementarian versus egalitarian, um, and yeah, I mean, do you want to yeah, take I think it's a first great, crack at it? Yeah, it's a great question. I I've, I study this a lot. I, I still do. I have lots of conversation. I have friends who are complementarians, friends who are like even more egalitarian. I mean, the AG is very egalitarian. What that means, for those who don't know the words, complementarian means that they believe bo- both egalitarian and complementarian believe that women and men are both have the same value to God, yep. to be clear. No one thinks that, not nobody, but in those camps of people who I believe are true Christ followers, they do not believe that women are less than men. They believe that God 
has given distinct roles to men and women as to how they should operate both in the home as well as leading the church. Yep. There is significant chapters, 1 Timothy, 1 Corinthians, 1 Timothy 2 talks about this, 1 Corinthians talks about this, Thessalonians talks about this, um, Ephesians talks about this. There's lots of chapters to where a complementarian view would say, I believe that when Paul is writing about this, he is meaning this to, to be consistent throughout time. And when he says women should be silent in the church, when he says they should not teach and have authority over men, he is saying, again, this is the complementarian view, that that is consistent throughout time, that is not a first century thing, that that is something that we should practice today, and that the role of elder and deacon, because of the words that he used in the Greek, are only male verbs or male um, um, nouns that and adjectives, that he is not saying that women have the ability to be an elder or a deacon in the church. And so that is the scriptural view. There's other scriptures that talk about this. Complementarians apply 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 as for all time, for all churches. Right, right. The egalitarian view. You- yeah, the egalitarian view would say that although significant, and, and one more one more point on why the complementarians view it that way. In, in 1 Timothy 2, Paul talks about, he talks about the Adam and Eve, he talks about the, the creation account, and then he talks about that. So the complementarian view would say, look it, he's talking about the creation account. That means he's trying to tie this into all time. And I'm yep. just trying to, it's called steel manning. I'm trying to steel man the argument to, to, to share and understand it from that side versus just brushing it aside. Because obviously yep. at River Valley, we we're, we're, have an egalitarian view. From the other side of it, we would say that those scriptures are true, that there it certainly means something. Yep. We, we're not pushing it aside. And some some hardcore complementarians would say that if you believe women should be in ministry, you actually are not even a Christian because you butcher scripture. We, you know, yeah, yeah. we don't believe that. We would say that means something, but it, it has to do with the context, the culture, of where it is because you see Paul affirming other people in the New Testament that are following uh, Jesus, that are helping fuel the mission of the church. And the egalitarian perspective would say that some of the women that he's referencing, he's referencing in a way that they are co-laborers in the church. Yep. I would say there's a middle ground view that some are starting to take that I think is understandable. And I, I'm, I, I, I want to be accurate to scripture so i think everyone who's like struggling with this if you struggle it's okay like i i hope that you're being prayerful about this we don't believe it is a a just like the rapture we don't believe it is an issue in the church that is a salvation issue or a christian issue we believe that there are other churches who don't believe that women should be a ministry that we love and we think they're awesome and we think they preach the word we have a different view and so we would we believe that that God allows women to lead, to preach, to teach, yep. and that we are going to celebrate and champion them just like we believe Paul did in the New Testament, and that we can weigh and consider what is the right role. Now, the one thing I will say, we would be complementarian when it comes to marriage. Yep. We believe that the, the, the male is the priest, the provider, the teacher of the home, the head of the home, the head of the home. He's the head of the household. That the wife, as according to Ephesians, should submit. Now, what does submit mean? 
obviously love, respect. The husband, actually, he has the job to die for his bride, to lay his life down for her, to protect all of those different things. To be things. a servant leader. To be a servant leader. But we do believe in the home, that is, we, in a more complementarian view, that the male is the leader of this. So in the midst of all of that, we allow women in our church to lead, to preach, to teach. And we also believe in the home that you as the male are the leader of your home and you are the head of the household and the provider according to Ephesians. And there's still a lot of debate about that. There's still understanding. There's there's things that I'm still chewing on and learning about. Yep. But I, I tried to I tried to be fair to both sides yeah. and give the perspective. Because I I truly I love my my friends who are complementarian and I don't believe they're they've lost their way. I just have a little bit of a different view of scripture based upon the experiences that I've seen and the the words that I see in Paul, you know, or Paul yeah. writes. So yeah, it is it it is a spectrum of belief, and and just to add to the middle ground view, I think there are people uh, today that are pro women in ministry and female pastors and females uh, preaching in the pulpit, but still may say, um, I don't believe that they should be uh, lead pastors right, or right. elders. Um, and so I'm still studying that. I will, I'll be candid to say I'm still trying to figure that out. I, I stand with, and again, I, I know this is not all about my opinions, but I stand with the Assemblies of God in that and all the women who lead in our church who are pastors, and I'm, I'm proud to do that. I have awesome women pastors on my team. Yep. The thing I'm trying to understand is what does First Timothy two mean, and and I think there's a lot of conversation. I've talked with I've talked to my dad about it. I've talked to a lot of people. We want to be accurate to scripture, but yep. as we also want to stand with our theologians who we trust and believe. Dr. Alan Tennyson, he has a strong case. He's writing a new position paper, I believe, about yep. this. And so I think what we can all agree on in First Timothy chapter two is that uh, Paul was writing a pastoral letter to a situation that was happening on the ground. The debate is whether or not that that stands for all time for all right, churches. So, right. um, yeah, currently we have a, a male lead pastor, right. Pastor Op, and Pastor Becca is credentialed as a pastor mm -hmm. in the Assemblies of God, uh, but they're not like some... Uh, far-leading egalitarian church in that they're co-lead pastors. Right. Yeah, my uh, mom would not say she's co-lead pastor. Yeah. But the influence of Pastor Becca and them leading as a couple is very true um, that Pastor Robin Becca are leading this church. Yeah, like she would probably say she's a, a they are the lead pastors of our church yep. together. Yeah. If you separate them, she would she would say, I'm not a co-lead co pastor. pastor. Where yep. some some uh, pastors would say, no, like separate us. We're still co-lead pastors, yep. but together we're also co-lead pastors. So on, yeah, on our elder board, we have, we have male elders, mm -hmm. but they're all married and, uh, they, they operate similar to pastor Robin Becca as like right. elder couples. Correct. So the board meetings, it's, it's pastor Rob and those male elders. Uh, but there's also, um, not necessarily board meetings, but board gatherings where the couples gather and right. pray uh, about pray over Pastor Robin Becca, pray over our staff, pray about the future of our church. Um, but we so, have female deacons that are correct. female deacons that are not because their husband's a deacon that they well, are deacons. You know, yeah, they are deacons, or because they're single. So right. So 
Man, heavy hitting questions yeah. today. Awesome. We're, we're we're talking about it. And I hope it's helpful. I'm not trying to be like controversial or like or like make people question what we believe, but it, I I think it's important to know like we can wrestle with these things and also love each other well and care deeply about what God is doing in our church. Hopefully that's what you hear as you're listening that that you don't have to be afraid to talk about these things. You can right. have questions all day long and bring up conversation and and maybe also land in a different place of belief on some of these topics and still be a godly person, a Christ, like a true Christ follower. You're going to heaven and be a part of a church that maybe you have tension with some of where, where the Assemblies of God lands or where River Valley lands, uh, but still be a valuable member of this church. Totally. Well, I want to end with prayers. We always do. I know we went a little bit longer here, but hopefully it was for a good reason. Oh, yeah. And just pray for different needs from people in our church. And it's awesome to see all the needs come in and the praise reports because we love to pray. And yep. as we always say, be praying over these as I read them. And then, of course, Kirk is going to end in prayer, and we will end with another song, as we always do. This person says from Apple Valley, I recently applied for a job. I'm praying I will get the job. Someone else, we'd love to have kids. P- please pray for healthy, beautiful children that will be guided by the Lord. Amen. Praying that with you. Please continue to pray for my son. They received, or they recently found a cyst in his brain. We're also praying and we're believing for full healing for the cyst in his brain. Amen. Praying for breakthrough with another person for their two sons. Another person's praying for their marriage. They're struggling. Uh, Praying for restoration for my mother and myself that we would reconcile. My husband is a farmer and this season he's working a lot. I'm asking for prayers that he would be kept safe. Yes, keep him safe, Lord. Praying for an, another one an, who's praying for their son. First round of chemotherapy. During this time, pray for financial support. Obviously, it's a big burden going through all those mm-hmm. health bills and everything. Praying that the Lord would be in the midst there. Someone else praying for wisdom and discernment. Uh, someone's praying for their mom, their friend. Uh, someone's praying that they increase their discipline and obedience when it comes to God's calling on their life. And this person writes, the prayer request that Pastor Rob told us to pray for, all eyes on Jerusalem, pray yep. protection for those who are in danger, those who are innocent, those who are caught up as human shields, praying for comfort for those who mourn, yep. justice for those who are wrong, peace in Jerusalem, and grace for the entire region that God would reign supreme. And a couple of praises Thank you, River Valley Church, for being so welcoming. And this one is awesome. I've been inviting my dad to come to church this weekend, and he came. I'm 46 years old, have never attended church with a parent before in my entire life until today. That is the power of an invitation. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, Praying for all those needs and just share a quick testimony and praise report. Uh, The last few weeks I've been praying with a family that's from India, and uh, their time, it looked like their time, in, in the States was coming to an end and they were praying for a uh, new visa or, or uh, extension of their visa and, and also just a path towards green card to be able to stay permanently. We've been praying every week and, you know, they filled out all their application and paperwork and there was real concern uh, because they wanted to be able to stay. They have a young daughter. Uh, their names are Santosh and Diana and they came earnestly asking for prayer each week on Saturday night as I was there and I have relationship with them from when I was the Minneapolis campus pastor years ago and uh, just praying for miracle. And the, yeah, it was like great distress. The Lord gave them peace in the waiting. 
but just praise report that they heard back that they got approved and they're staying in the United States and they are uh, an incredible value add to our country and to our church. And so I'm really grateful. Santosh was uh, serving on the production team this last week and they, they also serve as greeters. And I love this family so much and God is answering prayers just like that. And they're, they're an actual part of our church which is awesome. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to pray over our people. And I just I just ask that every listener right now just join in prayer with me. We believe that you're the God who answers prayer actually. And so I just ask that as we pray this prayer right now, as I'm praying it, would you answer prayer? But also as every listener is praying with me, whenever they are listening to it, Lord, would you answer prayer in that moment in time as well? We ask that you would heal broken bodies, restore marriages, uh, Lord, that you would... Uh, diagnosis that have come that are negative. Lord, I just pray that the next appointment would be a miracle appointment, uh, that something was read wrong or it was a false positive or uh, something totally dissolved. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would, again, be the provider, uh, people that are looking for jobs, people that need their next opportunity or door open. Would you do that, Lord? Um, and Lord, I just thank you for this discussion today on this podcast that you would lead all of us into the truth and that we would keep the main thing, the main thing that we are we are eagerly awaiting the return of Christ. We, we've got our eyes towards heaven, uh, we're just waiting for Jesus to split the sky again. And at the same time, uh, we are saying, give us, give us one more day to reach one more person. We just, we just ask that you give us more opportunity to reach more people for Jesus. And heaven's going to come, and we get to be there for all eternity. And so I can go another day. Uh, give me another day to reach one more person. And for every person in our church, the power of an invite to be inviting people. We pray that Candy Palooza would be powerful, Ted Cunningham's message. And we just pray that the next season of our church from now until the end of the year would be a miracle story uh, in the history of River Valley Church and for the kingdom of God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. Desperate heart, cause all I want 
listening to the river valley podcast it would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody we hope that this isn't just for people in our church we hope that this is people far beyond that but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet we're talking about it on weekends we're sharing in announcements but maybe you're a listener but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus so would you send it to them share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at rivervalleymn. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.